Welcome back, everybody. It's the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Beaton, joined by the Fantasy Master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How's it going over there, Gray? The the beloved Fantasy Master uh, Master Lothario. Uh, I'm good, uh, Beaton. Thank you. Oh wait, is the B and Beaton for beloved? Hmm, interesting. We'll we'll discuss later. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm good, man. I had a uh, I had a terrible weekend of a very long bar mitzvah. <laughs> so the uh, the Jews brought out all the stops this weekend for a bar mitzvah I went to, which was not appreciated. They should have put them on a pitch clock. You know, I think yeah. that would help speed it oh up. My God, totally, <laughs> exactly. It's like oh, I'm sorry, that's an automatic strike. You went to the Torah one too many times. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, not a great weekend, but uh, I'm back here and I'm looking to uh, enlighten your ears with uh, my wonderful uh, sounds of uh, expertise. <laughs> okay. that, that sounds phenomenal, Gray. Uh, my weekend was basically golf and then watching the Avalanche win win the Stanley Cup. It's the first time in a, in a long time, so uh, it was nice to see the Avalanche uh, win. And now it's only baseball and golf for months. So if wow. you don't like golf, I then really, there's really only baseball. I honestly had no – you wrote in the podcast outline, go Avs. I honestly had no <laughs> clue what you were talking about. I Seriously, I was like, is he talking about avatars? Are we – are we going to discuss gonna the Avatar? <laughs> is it the new James Cameron movie that I am not looking forward to? What's going on? What's a, what's a, what's an Avs? I don't know. <laughs> hey, if James Cameron wants to sponsor, I will I will gladly just love the hell out of Avatar two and just lie about it. You could have. Oh man, it's too bad you already told me what Avs is because we could have had a a fun <laughs> little game where I would have guessed what you were talking about when you wrote "Go Avs." <laughs> We, we could have spent an hour, and I still wouldn't have guessed it. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know Somehow what? the hockey season ends in June. I, you know, that's just how it happens. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. I thought Honestly, I thought hockey was over months ago. <laughs> I, I had no clue. Okay, go out. Gray, Gray yeah. does not write hockey. That That no, is for sure. I don't. I uh, I. I I didn't even know. I wow! I did not know that was going on. Okay, but if so I said ahead. sunflower seed box, though, you would know exactly what I was talking about, Some, right? Now, now, if you said a David sunflower seed box throw by Rocio Iglesias, I would have been like, <laughs> "Yeah, man, let's go. We squabbling out there, yo. We squabbling." I was, uh, yeah, I was like, um, the the funniest thing is. Probably a sidebar. 
that I don't know if a lot of people about the uh, Angels Mariners uh, uh, brawl. I, that, I'm not sure a lot of people like non Twitter people like sometimes, you know, sometimes like you're not really on Twitter, but sometimes I'll mention a Twitter thing to a non Twitter person. They'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> There's like a very specific like world uh, like Twitter is like its own little world that like, you know, there's like maybe like 12 people who tweet like 25,000 times. <laughs> but anyway, so on Twitter, this woman, I guess, uh, this Reds fan, last year she went to uh, a Cincinnati Reds game with her uh, da- a daughter, and the daughter was a huge Joey Votto fan, I believe. And um, last year, the Reds, the game that she went to with her daughter, the Reds got into a big fight and Joey Votto got kicked out of the game. And it was like it was like this whole thing on Twitter where this girl like this eight year old say, I don't know how old she was. Say she was eight years old. This eight year old was like super upset because her favorite player got kicked out of the game. Anyway, the Reds made it good and they they got the they they hooked Joey Votto up with the kid and, uh, you know, she got memorabilia or whatever. So anyway, so now on Sunday, the Angels and Mariners game is going on. And this 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 woman, this mother brought her daughter, this huge Reds fan to go see. Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez at the Angels Mariners game drove drove two thousand miles <laughs> to see them, and they lasted like literally like two outs. <laughs> and the daughter once again is like bawling on Twitter, uh, upset that her favorite players got kicked out of the game. <laughs> I tweeted something like, I'm beginning to think that the daughter is the reason why the fight keeps happening. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's kind of, it's really like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, uh, the idiom inside baseball, it's kind of like inside baseball Twitter. It's really not, I mean, it's not funny probably to 95% of the people that are listening, but it's really hilarious to me. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, All right, let's talk some baseball, right. Gray. Uh, starting with uh, Christian Javier, he had a great outing versus the Yankees. I mean, he's been great all season, but seven innings against the Yanks, 13 strikeouts, no earned, one walk, uh, 62 and a two-thirds innings this year, 273 ERA, 105 whip, a 31.8% K rate, 9.4% walk rate is, is on that very high end for as well as he's pitching and as low as his whip is currently. But Christian Javier has been great, Gray. Yeah, no, completely. You know, uh, he was a guy who, like him and actually him and Tony Gosling, uh, you know, to group those two guys together, like they were really highly touted going into the 2021 season, uh, especially Gosling, but but Javier as well. Like they were guys that everyone was clamoring to draft uh, uh, 14 months ago, you know, and then, uh, and then for whatever reason, like, they weren't bad last year. Like, there was no – like, Javier, unfortunately, Javier was mostly in relief. And Gosling was actually a starter. I think it was for, like, maybe 11 or 12 games last year. And then he was, you know, in the minors. He bounced around a little bit. He was a, uh, you know, a guy who wasn't necessarily – 
you know, a thought of as being, you know, that interesting coming into this year, along with Christian Javier. And it was kind of weird because it was really like they were forgotten because they just hadn't really done it yet, but they were touted the previous year. And that was like, you know, they were two guys that I was really, you know, interested in for just about the entire draft season. And it was almost to the point where, like, I remember feeling like at a certain point, like I drafted Tony Gosling. I forget where, but I, I, let's say like 300 overall or something. Like super late, like crazy late, like, you know, off radars in 12-team leagues. And the same with Christian Javier. I remember drafting him so late that I felt like almost like I was missing out on like news that like something had happened to them. <laughs> like it was almost like I felt like I had missed something that was like revealed to everyone else of why no one else was drafting these guys because they were always supposed to be good. They just were lacking an opportunity. And then this year, Obviously, they both had opportunities, um, you know, since we're talking about Christian uh, Javier specifically, like he was a, uh, you know, he was always a guy who it was a matter of whether or not he could command his pitches. Like it was always going to be whether or not like like he had a, a fantastic slider, great fastball, uh, good change, everything like he had plenty of pitches. It was just a matter of whether or not he com- uh, he could command them. And this year, what we've seen, like right now, his uh, walk rate, his uh, walk per nine is 3.5, which isn't elite necessarily, but it's better than where he was last year. Last year, it was 4.7. So the, uh, you know, that problem, that might have scared some people off, but it was always a matter of whether or not he was going to be able to command his pitches better. And now that he can command them, you know, a little bit better because he didn't need to have like elite command. He didn't need to have like a two and a half or lower walk per nine. He just needed to be, you know, in the vicinity of decent for command, which he's become because his K's were always really good. I mean, his K's, you know, last year and this year, both similar, similar in the uh, K per nine, you know, this year it's 11.6. Last year was 11.6 as well. I mean, percentage points lower last year, but, you know, within, you know, the margin of error. It was really like, you know, and he's not doing it with a 98.5 you know, fastball or something. His fastball is good, like I said earlier. I mean, he really, like, he, he's got good movement on it, but it's a 94-mile-per-hour fastball. The slider is really where he's able to do his most damage. And I think if anyone who saw him go into Yankee Stadium on Saturday and no hit the Yankees, I mean, they were, I think they were able to see that. Like, you know, the, the slider bites so hard um, down and away on righties and, you know, into, you know, uh, lefties' feet that it's just like, you, it's hard to really, uh, you know, it's hard to hit. And if he's able to throw it for as well as he has been, you know, like right now, his expected batting average on a slider alone is 150. And if you're throwing a, a pitch, you know, 30% of the time and you're getting an expected batting average of 150, it, it's hard to beat you, really. I mean, honestly, that's hard to beat because, you know, worst comes to worst, you just go back to the slider and you just keep throwing it. And if no one's hitting it, 
And it's not like people are having much more success on the fastball. That's coming at a, a 190 expected batting average, and he's throwing that 60% of the time. So, you know, you're looking at like two pitches that are at 90, 90% of his pitches are under 200 expected batting average. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be quite frank here, I mean, that's like, that's ace, you know, type material. So, um, you know, also uh, on, a, on a side note, I just remembered that we're recording this for video. And uh, <laughs> in the middle there, I started scratching my butt. So if, if anyone's watching this, just fast forward through when I'm scratching my butt. <laughs> don't, don't look at that. Anyway, I think we're starting to see Christian Javier and, you know, throwing back Gosling in there. Two guys that are really coming into their own as like fantasy aces. Um, you know, Javier, I think especially Gosling right now is because a uh, regression hasn't really hit Gosling, so it's it's harder to say where he's supposed to be because he's not he's not quite as good as he's shown. Obviously, I mean, no one is. I mean, he's throwing you know like as good as Gosling's been, and he hasn't been that bad. You know, in general, he's also not a 1.58 ERA guy. So, you know, just throwing that out there. I know this is mostly supposed to be about Javier, but, you know, just throwing the Gosling thing out there. As much as I like Gosling, he's not he's not this good. And I will go as far to say, like, if you're, you know, if you're looking for a straight uh, either or Christian Javier, even though it seems on the surface with his ERA that he, you know, he might not be as good as Gosling. In reality, Christian Javier is much better than Gosling. It's like it's kind of not even close. Like Gosling's good. Christian Javier is excellent. Yeah, I mean, Javier just just kind of the the K rate alone, especially for our game, is is telling a picture. And then you're right. I mean, Gosling get, has been lucky. He has a 90% left on base. He's got a 188 BABIP. I mean, there's definitely some, some regression coming um, for for him and, and for Javier, too, probably. He's probably not a, a necessarily a sub-three pitcher this year with the walks. I think once the walks come down, if he can get that under control, he could he could become, you know, that kind of pitcher. I don't necessarily see that for the rest of the season. Yeah, so Christian Javier has been great. Uh, you, you already said where you would take him versus Gosling. You said you know you're, you're obviously Javier. Would you have Javier or Mackenzie Gore? Uh, you know it's a tough one. I think I'm going to go Javier. Um, but yeah, it's that's a that's a tough call. Uh, Gore has actually also been excellent, and both of them, by the way, over Gosling. Even though, like, I, you know, it's like I don't think anyone is, uh, you know foolish enough out there to be like, you know, trading Gosling for anything just because I'm saying like he should regress. Like, you know, it's like you still have a valuable piece there. Like just because Gosling's not supposed to be as good as he is been, I mean, you still have a piece that you could probably get something decent. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him for, you know, Jonathan India. <laughs> For one one guy who's just been awful. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I probably I, I might was gonna say I actually might do that if India's you know can stay healthy yeah, for a week. Uh, that's just like that's a that's a classic trade high for a trade low. But um, yeah, no, I uh, I, I kid. 
Jonathan India is actually very awful, but <laughs> hopefully he's better at some point. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think uh, I think I go Javier over Gore, but I don't know. That's close. What do you think? I, I think I'm going with Javier over Gore just because of the innings. I think Gore's had all sorts of injury issues. There's just getting back on track and seeing where he's at now is is great to see. I think he's going to be a phenomenal pitcher like he was always supposed to be. I mean, he's only 23, so like the the sky is the limit for him. But he threw like 40 innings last year, 50 innings. Um, I just don't think the Padres are necessarily going to push him. I think eventually he kind of slides into a you know long relief type of role um, for them and just kind of transitions out as a starter. Um, so that's the one I thing this I would wasn't, say. Uh, I know this wasn't also, this wasn't our, on our list to discuss, uh, but speaking of Padres pitchers, man, what is, Blake Snell, right? Like he has become the slap dick prospect that he was, that he was, uh, um, called that he was famous for calling out the Rays about. I mean, he is just so, Awful. Oh, God. I mean, he's terrible. And then he broke Bryce Harper's thumb? Like, that's not cool. (laughs) I mean, I know he didn't do it on purpose. I like how uh, Bryce Harper was like, oh, yeah, Snell, uh, Snelly, because every baseball player adds a Y to every other baseball (laughs) player's name. (laughs) Harper Harper said about Snelly. Uh, that he texted him, and I was like, I was thinking, like, you know, oh, well, <laughs> texted him what? Like, uh, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> I can't control my pitches. I'm like, I'm so bad that I, I, sorry, I hit your thumb. Like, oh, my bad. Like, oh, you're awful, bro. Hey, Snelly. You stink. <laughs> Sorry, I, that was a that was yeah, a side. That's note. fine. Okay, I mean, anyway, it's, it, the okay. fastball's just been awful for Snell. He, he can't control it. He can't control anything. Um, but but the fastball's just getting wrecked uh, right now. Uh, how about uh, him or uh, Shane ba- Bieber, who you know still doesn't have the velocity back, but he's been fine. Yeah, for sure, Bieber. Okay. Oh yeah. So oh, like Bieber, 100%. Musgrove, we're still you're still taking those guys over over Javier. We're not to that point yet. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, definitely. You know, like Musgrove, uh, here I mentioned on the site, I think I mentioned in the buy sell holding, I mentioned it everywhere. The Musgrove is, is notorious for having bad second half, so I'm like trying to think when I should sell Musgrove, but I'm still taking Musgrove over Javier just because you know it's just a, a safety of a guy who's done anything resembling this before versus Javier, who's, you know, a little bit, a little bit out of his depth, not a lot, like we've mentioned already, but a little bit. Yeah. That that's completely fair. I think, uh, I think I could be convinced to do it if I can get another useful piece with, with Javier. Um, I think they're, they're fairly close rest of season, but I'm with you. I think straight up it's, it's still, or it's still Musgrove. Uh, Moving on. Isaac Paredes had a big week. 19 at-bats, 5 home runs, 6 runs, 9 RBIs. For the season, he's hitting 255 with 10 home runs. Number 20 over the last 30 days at second base. Number 14 at, at third base over the last 30. 
and I say the last thirty because he didn't start with the with the club, so that just little little comparison of when he's been playing. Are you interested in Isaac Paredes as you know, kind of a, a middle infielder, or maybe even potentially more? Um, Isaac Paredes or Jonathan India? <laughs> Just give me any, give me anything but India. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, God, Paredes. Yeah, I. You know, it's it's kind of interesting that like because Paredes for. I want to say not that long ago, I was really interested in Prades. Like maybe like when he was with the Tigers, uh, roughly like two years ago. Uh, actually, I guess last year he was with the Tigers. Um, but I was interested. I think it was like two years ago, or actually three years ago now, like 2019. Uh, and he was only 20 years old in 2019, um, and now he's 23. That's how ages work, folks. Uh, yeah, no, I, in 2019, he had a, uh, he had like a decent sort of, uh, contact here. Like he was always, he was kind of like a guy who was good for his hit tool. He was, uh, a 60 grade hit tool guy. He was a, uh, a low, I mean, right now in the majors through 34 games, he has a under 14 breakout rate. Uh, and no point in the majors, I mean, excuse me, no point in the minors, did he really balloon out of control uh, for any extended period of time? He was always able to sort of like control his strikeouts and walk a decent amount. Like not amazing, not elite necessarily, but good. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's like, I feel like probably overperforming as far as power, unless he's grown into more power, which is totally possible. Like, you know, growing into power happens. He is probably, uh, you know, to uh, throw out another guy, uh, I would say probably like 15, like in, you know, all things being considered, I think he's probably like a 15 to 17 homer, 270 hitter, which isn't bad. I mean, uh, you know, possibly upside from all those numbers, possibly maybe hit for a better average. Maybe, like I said, maybe he's growing into more power. You know, his real, uh, the big issue is he has absolutely no speed. So at best, you know, at best he's like a 20 homer, 280 hitter, which isn't bad. I mean, that's usable. Um, at this point, I would take that from Jonathan India. If Jonathan India is listening <laughs> to this podcast at all, please do something, bro. Do anything. Ah, I just benched you for Miles Straw in one league. Yeah, that's, that's not good sad. either. Because okay, Miles Straw, yeah, Straw's not. Uh, I think he actually just got demoted to the bottom of the lineup too. So not not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You ever you ever tried to use a straw from the bottom? Doesn't work. Okay, Wait, wouldn't, wouldn't that All actually right. work anyway, though? Okay? Paredes, I think Paredes is probably he's probably a hot potato for right now with maybe like deeper leagues. I mean, for an AL only league, you sort of hit the jackpot if you have a guy like Paredes, but for most like a 15 team mixed league, Paredes is definitely rosterable for right now. I don't love how Kevin cash platoons everyone. So we'll have to see with playing time, but yeah, for shallower leagues, I think Paredes is worth rostering in every league right now because he's hot. But in shallower leagues, I could see possibly moving on once the hot streak sort of yeah, ends. Yeah, I don't think his power, even if he's grown into some more power, I don't think it's 
you know, game changing levels of power. I think this was a, a nice, you know, week that we'll kind of forget that it happened in a week. And when, and when we're thinking about Prades next, next year, maybe it helps build a, a better profile for him. But, um, you know, I would say like 20 home runs is probably his, his you know, what we're looking at here. I was thinking about kind of the, the, the person he might end up like Brennan Rogers type production. Um, you know, a decent average, 20 home runs, not really speed. Are you saying Brandon Rogers in Coors or Brandon Rogers outside uh, does of Coors? Does it really <laughs> matter anymore? <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit, for at least for Rogers. Um, you know, also, what's interesting, someone mentioned it in the comments uh, this morning, and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but uh, shout out to person I don't remember. Uh, yeah, there was something about like how the Rays prospects are just like, so like, you know, hit or miss and mostly miss recently with the bats. Like, you know, Bruhan, we were expecting a lot from Bruhan, uh, Josh Lowe, we were expecting a lot from, um, Wander's been good, uh, more or less. I mean, he, he, he's been out for a while, so it's hard to put anything on that. Um, you know, Jonathan or Arenada was up and then he got sent back already. Um, Walls is hitting a little bit, but it's just interesting that like, you know, like the guys who you're, you're not expecting the, uh, Isaac Paredes of the world are like, that's the guy who's like hitting versus the guys, you know, we've been, we've been expecting Bruhan and Lowe, especially for like, you know, so long now that it's like, oh yeah, Paredes almost feels like afterthought that's getting uh, a bit of uh, you know he's getting he's getting almost like he's being thought of in a negative light because of the other guys where it's like yeah I mean he's not you know they're not the same players you know and and the Tigers more or less were the ones who um, uh, developed Prady so yeah I anyway I, I don't I don't even know where I was going with that um <laughs> yeah cut Cut that piece out of the YouTube video, too. Don't, don't put that in there. <laughs> hey, anyway, so people who are listening, we're now on YouTube, kind of. YouTube.com backslash Razzball Fantasy. Um, Donkey Teeth has been telling me to say this every show. So that's why you heard that, okay? Anyway, back to B-Don. <laughs> that's Sorry, perfectly B-Don. fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, Paredes is like, he's 23. He's not old by any means, but he definitely feels like there was some prospect fatigue because he came in so early. He was 17. He's been through three organizations. So it's just like, uh, is he going to, is he going to develop? Is he not? Um, and to your point of, of, you know, top prospects kind of struggling and then some like lesser guys, it's kind of like what the Cardinals seem to do regularly where like their top prospects come up and might struggle, but they'll get pull some random no name guy that'll do perfectly fine. Although they'll have Tommy Edmond put a career year together and, and then that's that for them. And it, it kind of works out, but uh, there is, I think there's something to the platooning where like at some point you just need to let the young guys hit every, every day just so they can have that kind of time. Um, but yeah, we'll see where it goes. Let's talk about rest of season. Uh, I mean, let's start with Rodgers. Would you have Rodgers or Paredes? Uh, I'd still go Rodgers. Um, yeah, just just because of the course, I think. If you know, I don't know. I neither guy are, are exciting me that much. To be to be totally honest, I mean, they're. 
If Paredes, you know, had speed, I'd be more interested. Yeah, I mean, he's a hot bat, I think, more or less. Um, and and Rogers, while while Rogers hasn't been amazing, um, he's been at least decent in cores. And yeah, I don't know. And and you know, he feels like. At this point, Bud Black is playing Rodgers, so you know he's not going to lose a, a starting job. You know, that's that's saying rest of the season, which is so hard to say with both of these guys. Like, I'm like when you say rest of the season, you know, and this goes for people who comment, too, on the site. Like, when someone says rest of the season, I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, you got to figure in, like, how stable is this guy's, you know, everyday job? So runs and RBIs are going to factor in how – where is he going to sit in the lineup? Like, is there going to be other guys above him always? You know, so, yeah, I, I'd probably go Rodgers just because he feels a little bit safer, but I don't really like either. Yeah, that's fair. I, I might actually go with Paredes just in, in shallower leagues, just if we're we're kind of swapping in middle infielders. Um, again, just because I, I feel like he's he's playing right, well right now. He's hot. And for what it's worth, he, he's, he has a two, 203 Babip. Babip's not... You know, an all-knowing number, but 203 is definitely on the lower end. Even for somebody as you know speed-deprived as Predis is, it should be a little bit higher. So while he is hot right now from a power perspective, I do think the average could potentially even kind of level off here at 255, 260. Maybe in some room for growth there. Um, how about him or Chris Morrell, who's stayed kind of with the Cubs and stayed at the top of the order for now? Um, yeah, go Morrell just because he's got some speed and he's sitting on the top of a while while a uh, a weak lineup. He, at least Morrell has been sitting on the top of the Cubs lineup for you know more or less for the last week. More moral, moral less. <laughs> Woo! All right, how about uh, how about one more uh, Javier Baez? Who we were talking about people dropping him a, a few weeks ago. Um, he's kind of turned it around since the start of June a little bit. 260, four home runs, three stolen bases. Uh, Javier Baez or yeah. Isaac Paredes? Uh, you know, actually, speaking of how we were saying Javier Baez was a drop a few weeks ago, Jonathan India, he's a drop, okay? <laughs> drop him, guys. Listen, hey, guys, five girl listeners, drop India, this way he can be good for me, please. Um, I'm going Baez over Paredes. I don't even think I don't think that's actually that close. I, I would go Baez over Paredes uh, pretty easily. All right, fair enough. I think that's the same for me. I mean, if if Baez just starts seeing the ball, he, we know what kind of power speed numbers he can put up, even if the average isn't going to be great. And we're not really sure where Paredes is going to land on average, anyways. Um, Edward Olivares is brought up. I don't know if there's really a whole lot of, of you know, shallow league implications here. Um, but what do you think of Edward Olivares? Um, you know, he, he started out well. He's, he's got a, a couple of homers, a couple of stolen bases across 18 games, and he's hitting well right now. It's uh, It may be a little buoyed by the 412 Babbitt, but what are you thinking here? Uh, I'm going to uh... – I'm going to, I just made a, a bet. I just did a, a bet MGM that if I count to 10 and by, by the time I get to the 10, I put $5 down that Alvarez would be sent down again by the Royals. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> but come on, man. I want to win one of these bets. Um, you know what? I, I like 
uh, Alvarez a lot. Um, I don't apparently I don't like saying his name that much because I'm probably really butchering it. But I I like him a ton because he's got power and speed. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know why the the Royals aren't just playing. Um, I mean, the fact that the Royals are playing like Michael A. Taylor for like. 600 at bats. This <laughs> is like, I mean, honestly, nothing, nothing could be funnier than that. Like, why would you blame Michael A. Taylor at all? I mean, he's 31. Michael A. Taylor is 31. And uh, obviously everyone knows what you're getting from Michael A. Taylor, which is nothing. You're not getting anything. Like, why would you play that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so... Yeah, I, I don't know why you'd actually play Benintendi either, but I mean, at least Benintendi's sort of decent, I guess, from a real baseball perspective. But anyway, yeah, Al- Alvarez is a, um, I mean, he's a, a bench bat right now for the Royals. So you can look at him in deeper leagues, but he doesn't have everyday playing time. So as of right this second, I mean, he's fine in a deep league to take a flyer on, but. I'm not, I didn't I didn't even look to see if he was available in like uh, our RCL league, which is a twelve team mixed league. I didn't even look. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the, that's I, I guess for the record, I should also say that when I said he he wasn't really shallowly relevant, it wasn't because you know the power speed couldn't play. It's because he's not he's not playing enough for for them. He when he does play, he is hitting in the middle of the order, which is great, but. If they're only going to play him once every three or four days, it, it's really hard. Um, they're they're only play they're platooning strictly platooning him, playing against lefties only. So uh, if that changes, I, I'm interested. But for now, I think in shallow leagues, you got to wait. Maybe in daily, you can you can kind of play with that last bench spot and and, and have him up when he's playing because um, he does obviously hit well when he's playing so far this year. Yep. Uh, just when we thought Jose Barrios might have been figuring it out to start last week, we were thinking, okay, now we're going to get the value out of Barrios we've been waiting on. Just Barrios me at Wounded Knee here. I mean, he's ju- he just buried all of us, Gray. What, like, should I just drop him and just not yeah. have to deal with this nonsense anymore? Is that... Uh... Ho- Jose Barrios... It can really like he he can go screw himself. Like I actually I hate him. <laughs> I literally hate him. Like I am so mad at Jose Barrios that I'm like I'm angry. <laughs> I'm angry. Listen, man, this is the difference. So here's the difference between having like a terrible hitter uh, and a terrible pitcher. Like in a league where I have. Jonathan India. Yeah, have I mentioned him yet this podcast? Uh, in a league where I have Jonathan India, he's given me like 0 for 20s and doing nothing. And I'm in first place in that league because I have a lot of other things. I have other, I have hitters, I have pitchers, I have stuff that's working. But in a league where I have Jose Barrios, I'm in last place. <laughs> it's awful. I mean, it's like. What am I doing? Like, it's just miserable. It's a deep league, too. So it's not like I can just say, okay, later. Like, I have to hope he gets better, but he's not getting better. If anything, he's getting worse. And honestly, by just looking at his numbers, I, you know, it's weird because his velocity is fine. But if you look at his, like, his K's, 
and his like uh, like expected uh, ERA and stuff, like he's a mess, bro. Like he is a total mess. Like he's like I actually I think I said this. Um, I I think I said this like a month or so ago, maybe six weeks ago on the site that like I was calling him Jose Brokios, and he's broken. I mean, he's broke. He's broke. It's like he's not. He's he might be fixable in the off season, or maybe like something miraculous happens during the All Star break or something. But he is broken. Like you can't. Like unfortunately, in the one league where I have him, it's a deep league. So I'm like, I, I have nothing to. I have nothing to lose. I'm in last place. Like I said, I have nothing. Like you know. Uh, the life has been depleted from my body. <laughs> it's like I am, I am gone. I have, I have nothing left <laughs> to give <laughs> in that league. So I am starting him, and I'm rolling him out there, and I'm getting killed every week. And it's like, whatever. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't matter at this point for for me. But if you still have a chance, and you have Jose Barrios. Get him off your team, man. Like, there's no point in having him on your team. Like, even if he gets better, his better is like, what, a 3.75 ERA? Who cares? Find it off of waivers. Like, seriously, get him Get him off your team, honestly. Goodbye. Yeah. And he's, he's yeah. like, throwing, and I don't know if it's a new pitch or he, he's just lost his curve so much that, like, it, it just comes out terrible but like he's throwing this new like curveball slash slider and it's it's just getting demolished i mean it i don't understand what's going on i don't know why he would change after like having a career year last year like i don't i don't it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me um he just needs to find his his curveball from last year and just throw that again uh but that may be the problem maybe he can't find it right now and that's just what's going on um, but yeah, uh, maybe just run away and save yourself if you're in a league league shallow enough that you can just stream pitchers. Because good lord, it's been awful. Really thought last week. Like, yeah, I really I mean, thought. I have, uh, like I said, like I said, like my league is so deep, I can't do nothing about it. But if I'm like 14 team and shallower, I'm dropping Jose Barrios. There's, I mean, you can find better. You can you can stream until someone like sticks. Like you know, like. You could have you you could have done like Dylan Bundy last week. Uh, this week it's like you know I think um, I I forget who are good streamers this week. But you can look at the streaminator <laughs> and find better pitchers than Jose Barrios. Like it's like there's no reason to to put up with this. Ross Stripling is better than this. Oh, I mean, close. come on, dude. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's not close, right? And Ross Stripling's available in like seventy-five percent of leagues. Like, come on, man! Like, move yeah. on. Bro. All right. Speaking of moving on, let's move on here. Let's go to Michael Harris the second. We've talked about him a couple times as a pickup. If, if he's still out there, miraculously, you have to go get him. But I, I don't think he's out there in many leagues that are still active. I mean, now we just gonna have to talk about whether he's going to continue this. This or is he a buy sell hold? I mean, he's hitting three thirty, three home runs, three stolen bases. He looks. I mean, he looks great, Gray. He's he's getting good contact. He's everybody on the team is saying great things about him. Blah 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 blah. Where are you at on Michael Harris? I mean, he he looks phenomenal. Yeah, no, completely. You know, he was actually a guy who I. Uh, I grabbed in uh, I grabbed in a couple leagues for pretty cheap for uh, on Fab, 
And he was a guy who I actually wasn't even playing for like a, a couple weeks. Like when he first came up, I, I had grabbed him and then I benched him because I had other options that, um, you know, like a mile straw, for instance, uh, I had other options that I thought were better. And Michael Harris, um, the second, um, you know, we're, we're, we're on the sequel now. He, uh, he's been better than a bunch of my actual outfielders. So he's moved into my everyday starting outfield like he's pretty easily too like he's been great for oh i don't know maybe two or three weeks now like he's been really good um so his babbit is a little bit high his k's are a little bit high i think you know he's hitting 330 as of the recording of this he's probably more he's probably closer to like a 265 hitter 270 which isn't bad i mean that's totally usable still it kind of sucks that the braves have never well it's not I wouldn't say it's it's on Snicker necessarily that the Braves haven't moved him up in the lineup. They they have a pretty stacked lineup even without Ozzy Albies. Like they've they've managed to get enough guys. So Michael Harris uh, dose is probably right to be batting like nine. You know, more or less every day if he can move up to leadoff. I mean, oh my god, fantastic! But. I mean, you know, they have Acuna. It's it's kind of – they have Swanson. I, I don't necessarily see it happening. So Harris probably hitting ninth for for real-world baseball. It probably makes sense. So I don't know if it's necessarily going to change anytime soon. I do like him still, though. So in shallower leagues, a guy who's batting ninth, it's not the greatest. Uh, it, it hurts um, with, you know, counting stats. So because Acuna and Swanson are more or less batting behind him for, uh, you know, after the first time through the order, then, you know, he's still getting a decent amount of counting stats due to that. So he's been decent as far as that goes. And he's also he's good for power and speed like Michael Harris uh, dose is a good, like solid, probably. 12 to 15 homer, 25 plus steel guys. So that, I mean, that's really valuable. Like that's, you know, that's kind of like, you know, that's top 75 overall type numbers, you know, prorated over 162 games. He's not going to do that this year. I'm saying if he were to have 600 at bats starting in April. Uh, But yeah, I mean, if he could get anywhere close to, like, he could be the kind of guy who could, like, like we saw with John Birdie. Like, he could steal 12 to 15 bags in a month, like Michael Harris the second that is. So, I, you know, I like him a lot. I actually, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think uh, there could be issues with counting stats because where he bats in the lineup. But other than that, I'm a fan for sure. I like him. Right, yeah, I do, I do as well. Um, I mean, he's he's been just great. There's really nothing... That, that he could really do to to kind of make it look better. I mean, he's done everything he can. Um, I will say over the last 30 days, he's the number 16 outfielder. So at least for, you know, that small sample size. And as you mentioned, having Acuna and, and Swanson hitting behind you, even though you're hitting nine, is not necessarily the worst thing. Um, so, yeah, he's still managing to put up enough runs and RBIs to, to matter in that 
in that area. Um, and I think the speed will play. So you, everybody needs steals these days. So I think he's pretty much rosterable in every format, even though he's hitting ninth. Um, and I don't really see him moving up, unfortunately, unless there's a Dansby Swanson or a Acuna injury, which please do not happen. Please, Lord, please don't let either of those people get injured. Um, <laughs> Just no, please. Um, but that's the only way I really see it because Acuna has complained about not like he he loves hitting one. He wants to hit one, so he's not going anywhere. Um, so the only other place is is two where where Swanson's sitting. <laughs> our our podcast is ninety five percent fantasy baseball, five percent prayer. <laughs> Just please, please, please stay don't. up on two Get. legs. Well, yes, please, please. Please don't get hurt. Oh, man. God, I just, please, I'm begging you. Please let Johnson India hit and let Acuna stay healthy. Just nothing, nothing else matters, Lord. All right. Uh, uh, anyway. hopefully, hopefully this next person isn't injured. It's just a little blip in the radar. But uh, Nestor Cortez, he's had some June struggles here. 415 ERA in June. I mean, he was sub-2 ERA in the other two months. K rates down some as well. Um, I don't think I've ever said this in my life as far as pitching goes, but I think a little bit of the added velocities hurt him. The fastball and slider are not <laughs> dropping as much, and he needs the drop more than the velocity at where his his fastball ranges. Um, are, are you worried about Nestor, or is this just kind of like I said, just just a little blip that he'll figure out? Yeah, that's actually. I mean, that's pretty good. That uh, that's a pretty uh, um, smart. Uh, observation with him because it's kind of like with a, a knuckle a knuckler like you don't want to throw it too fast like you wanted to you want to do the dipsy doodles you know you don't you don't want to see you don't want to see a guy uh, throw it too fast because then it's like it kind of gets uh, into a straight line and uh, a hitter can hit it better so yeah i mean honestly that's uh, i don't have too much to add i I think he was getting hurt in his last couple starts because his command was a little bit off, and it led to um, it led to the ball being more over the plate than he had been. Like he was, um, you know, he was for a while his uh, his O swing, uh, which is the percentage of batter swings on pitches outside the uh, strike zone, is really good. It's really it was really high. It's come down a little bit in the last couple starts because. He's just been more over the plate, which isn't necessarily the the best thing for him. Like he's going to live and die on how deceptive he is. And he just hasn't been as deceptive. And it it could be like you said, because he added like a mile on his uh, fastball and it's, you know, it's getting, it's, he's grooving it essentially, which isn't good. Um, So, but I, I like him still in general. I just think, you know, he was never going to be a under two ERA guy. Like he, he could be really valuable as like a three, five ERA pitcher with a nine and a half K per nine, you know, having the occasional, like getting hit occasionally. He's a, he's still a solid pitcher to have on your fantasy team. He's just, not necessarily. He was never going to be as good as April May. He won't be necessarily bad either. He's just like he's a solid. I would say he could be anywhere from like the ace he was in April and May. You're probably going to be closer to like you know what you're seeing now, where he goes like 
six innings, gives up three runs, and has like you know maybe seven Ks or something. It's not bad though, but it's it's not quite where he was in April. Yeah, and, May. and, and just to kind of talk about the Ks, I mean. In, in April, he was at 36% K rate. In May, he was 26.6. In June, he was 22%. So, I mean, we're talking about a very large gap. That's going from a over 12K per nine to an, an 8.3K per nine. That's that's a huge difference in what, what's happening with the ball. Um, and and it, as weird as it is, like I said, I think it's the added velocity because going from 91 to 92 is not fooling anybody from a velocity standpoint. But losing that inch or two of break, which moves it from the corner to outside middle. That's, that's big. Um, so yes, I am a little bit worried about Nestor. And as you mentioned, he was never going to be full ace. I just don't think that was really ever in the cards for him, but I do think he'll do better than the four plus ERA he's had in June. Just needs to figure everything out again. And you saw the this with like Johnny Cueto, who would lose kind of the the feel and like the control sometimes because he would get into so much deception. And then he figured it out and then everything would kind of get back in order. Although Cueto, I think, probably had better stuff if we're just talking just the raw pitches. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a, a, a pretty apt comparison. Right. Speaking yeah. of another pitcher who's just had an awful June, Eric Lauer has been lousy. A six nine four ERA K rate way down below sixteen percent. We've kind of seen this from Lauer before. I'm I'm legitimately concerned with Eric Lauer. Lowersy, Lowersy, yeah, Lowersy. Uh, yeah. I mean, we we kind of knew this was coming a little bit, right? I mean, this is a totally shocking when a guy who is more or less a iffy pitcher his whole career suddenly becomes like, you know, great. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think he's still probably better than he was like way back. Like when he was like a four and a half ERA guy, like he, and he's not last year, he was a a 3.19 ERA guy. Uh, I I don't think he was ever that. I think he was probably, I think he's always been, like a a four ERA guy, and he's just sort of like bouncing between the two. Where like he's he was never as bad as the the four point five, and he was never as good as you know whatever he was in April and May, which was insane. You know whatever it was, like under three. I I think he's I think he's probably usable still. Uh, I'm not like I don't feel like he's completely like I. I, Well, I guess it depends on the leagues. Like in a a RCL twelve team mixed league, yeah, I mean he's probably he's probably droppable. Um, And uh, he's also got RCL in his name uh, right there, Eric Lauer. It's RCL. Wow, that's interesting. Wow, my my brain my brain just. My brain just went to sleep for a second. Back focus. Uh, anyway, I think I think Lauer is like he's probably a streamer in a uh, twelve-team mixed league, but deeper leagues, eh, you might have to play the matchups a little bit. But I think he's probably going to be usable for most uh, teams in like a twelve in a, a fourteen-team and deeper league. I think he'll be okay. Maybe not great. And if you were expecting great, I mean. Honestly, your expectations were all out of whack. I mean, what is wrong with your expectations? You're the problem. (laughs) 
a high expectations guy. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't mind Lauer. I just think you gotta like rethink your expectations. Yeah, don't, don't be like me yeah. and tell Rudy he needs to adjust his his uh, projections because they're not uh, adjusting Eric Lauer fast enough. <laughs> You know that's that's not how you do that. That's not how it goes. You listen to Rudy and and, and you let him do his thing because uh, the numbers will will play out more often than not. Uh, you know what he reminds me of, Gray? He reminds me of like um, early in his career, like Trevor Bauer. Like he has a number of pitches. He can throw all sorts of different angles. He can do whatever he wants. And sometimes the mix is really wrong and bad things happen. And then sometimes it's on right. And he looks really good, and I just I feel like that's how Eric Lauer's gonna be until he figures out the right mix. That's a uh, well, that's a blast from the past. I haven't thought about <laughs> that guy in a while. Remember, remember when he played baseball? Uh, you know, I honestly I don't have Trevor Bauer's numbers in front of me because I, he hasn't played <laughs> baseball in like eighteen months. But I think he used to. I think he threw harder he did. than he, Lauer. He, he always had like better correctly. stuff. Like, but he, he was always right. playing yeah. with his pitch mix. Um, like it was never just like, he's a fastball slider, change it. Like he has 12 pitches and he decides which 12 he wants to throw each game. And I feel like Lauer's kind yeah. of like that yeah. where he just moves his slider, his curve, and he does whatever he needs to, but then they get out of whack and start getting hit. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's fair. Yeah. I'll, tinkers, I'll accept tinkers. that. Okay. Uh, it's never yeah, good. Tinker. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of somebody who's maybe tinkered in the right direction, and that's Mitch Keller. He picked up the sinker, uh, ditched the four seamer, stopped listening to the Pirates, and he has a two a two ERA in June. I mean, I- I'd much rather roster Mitch Keller at this point than Eric Lauer. Uh, are you are you in on Mitch Keller rest of season, or is this one of those like spring training blips? Then that he's going to blow us up here soon, and we're going to get a Jose Barrios style two star week. No, I you know with uh, Mitch Keller, I think he's he's got a narrative that I'm willing to get behind, you know, because like Clay Holmes supposedly taught him a sinker over the phone. Um, Clay Holmes on the phone is better than a Pirates pitching coach in person. 100%. By the way, <laughs> just just putting that out there. Uh, but you know, supposedly he taught a. Uh, a sinker to him, uh, the, the sinker that has been so effective for Clay Just Holmes, he, he told Keller how to throw it, and it's been effective since he, he talked to him. I, I mean, I, you know, like, I don't know if that's going to continue, but for now, the sinker is getting a 33% uh, put-away rate. It's, it's good for I mean, it's working for him. I don't, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't know if it's going to continue. I am right now cautiously optimistic on Mitch Keller. I grabbed him in a pretty deep league, uh, 15-team mixed league. That is, uh, you know, it's it's probably, I would say it's fairly active. So, and he was, you know, it was like maybe two weeks ago that I grabbed him. So, I I didn't, you know, and I I don't necessarily know if I'm going to hold on to him, but uh, Drew Rasmussen uh, got hurt, so I had a space, so I grabbed Mitch Keller, and he's been fine. I mean, he's been decent. I didn't even look to see if he was available in a 12-team mixed league. I I wouldn't look at him there. I mean, even even good Mitch Keller 
is still like barely an 8K per nine. Uh, his command is a little wonky at times. He pitches for the Pirates. Like there's a lot of things going against him. So I'm not completely sold that he's like the shallowest of leagues type pitcher, but in a 15-team mixed league or deeper – yeah, I mean, I can see the yeah, flaw. I'm even fine. You know, I'm fine going with the streaming uh, in shallow leagues with him, even though there is that blow pers- possibility with him. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think in shallow, he's not necessarily a roster and hold, more of a stream. But you know, if you're sitting in a in a deeper 12 or 14, 15, I, I can definitely see potentially holding on to him and see if he can continue this this work with the sinker. Um, it's not been pristine. He's not been like absolutely clean with it. But I mean, he's been a lot better in in the movement on on. The primary pitch. I mean, that's that's great to see. Whoa! <laughs> Professionalism, <Sorry>. great. Professionalism. <laughs> very. We have a very professional podcast. All here. right. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Jaron Duran. Um, he, he's gotten the call. Not now, Bob. <laughs> he's gotten called up and, and sent back down and called up and sent back down. I, I'm hoping at this time he's he's here to stay, but he's performed very well every time he's gotten the call up um he's running right now he's i believe he has what, four stolen bases in the last two weeks which is just i mean from a stolen base perspective he's not john birdie but that's about as good as it gets otherwise i mean jaron duran is this a must add for the speed are we are we kind of in the michael harris area maybe below michael harris because he's probably not going to bring the quite the power um, maybe that Harris has, but he might have a chance to move up the lineup a little easier, honestly. Yeah, you know, honestly, with uh, with Duran, my biggest issue with him is whether or not, like, what what are they doing with Enrique Hernandez when he returns? I mean, he's going to return at some point, so that's that's really my biggest concern with Duran. If he were like, if if they committed to him. I'm a I'm a huge fan because if anyone who's actually watched him run, like he's got like 50 steel speed. He is so fast. He's easily like one of the top like sprint guys. I would imagine. I don't even. I didn't even. I haven't even looked it up. I mean, just the eye test alone, you see him and you're like, yeah, he's really fast. I mean, I, honestly. I wouldn't be shocked if he stole if he could steal fifty ba- uh, bags. Um, but and he's also got a little bit of power too. He's like he's not completely useless when it comes to power. Like he's not straight Sagnoff. He could steal. I mean, excuse me. He could homer maybe seven to twelve times in a, in a full season, like across one hundred and sixty two games. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't like. I'm grabbing him everywhere for right now because like. Honestly, in what league do you not need speed? <laughs> I need steals everywhere. I don't know about I don't know about the people listening, but I need steals in every league. So I'm grabbing Duran anywhere I can. I don't know what the Red Sox plan on doing once uh, Enrique comes back. I would guess I would guess Duran stays up and platoons with Jackie Bradley Jr. Or I don't know, man. Like they've been so weird about. Enrique Hernandez being an everyday leadoff guy, like like he's got like he's blackmailing Cora with nude pictures of someone. I like I don't know what's going on. Like Enrique Hernandez to me is fine, but he's not a everyday leadoff guy. I mean that's it's crazy that he has been for the Red Sox for going on like 
for a while now, ever since he's been on the Red Sox. So I don't think that's changing. It's not like Duran is, you know, supplanted Enrique, I don't think. Um, so I like Duran, but I, I just don't know where the playing time is going to be uh, necessarily in the next, you know, week or so. Like whenever – I don't even know when Enrique is coming back. I'm assuming soon. I saw something. I think he's going to rehab. I don't know. Yeah, I actually saw he had a potential setback. I think that was a week ago, though. So that might have been he, that. Maybe mean he's going to rehab now rather than last week. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one question: is will he maintain his spot? I mean, I think if we see him cover center field, which he seems to be doing just fine, by the way, I, I don't see why Jackie Bradley Jr. needs to play every day if he's going to cover center. Like the rest of the outfield in Boston isn't that hard. You can play the rest of the outfield in Boston if you're... I mean, J.D. Martinez played right field, in left field. Like, anybody can play those. Um, So I I really don't see why he couldn't stay in it. Uh, I mean, it's not like Enrique Hernandez has some kind of OBP master. Like, his best OBP year is, like, 337. Like, that's not... That's really not that good for a leadoff that, like, you have to have him there. That's that's almost as bad as Jaron Duran's current average. So, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you want to talk about Jake Myers real quick here as he's, he's potentially taking a start? Uh, here? Yeah, well, Jake Myers, you're right. Yeah, Jake Myers was uh, – he recently came back from injury. He's now um, – I think the – he's an everyday outfielder, I think, for the Astros. Uh, I liked him kind of in the preseason a bit because he's like – I think I probably compared him to a, uh, a poor man's Michael Brantley because Everybody I compare every young, young, yeah, every, <laughs> every young Astro player to a young Michael Brantley because that's what they're developing. I mean, they're developing 17 homers, 7 steel, 275 hitters. Like that's, that's what they're doing. I, I, I don't mind it. I mean, it seems fine uh, from a real-world uh, perspective at least. Um you know, from a fantasy perspective, it's a little bit boring. But, I, you know, Jake Myers is – right now, I think he's still 15-team. Like, if you're really struggling in a 15-team league for anything in the outfield, potentially Jake Myers. For now, he's probably AL only. Um, maybe maybe 15-team mixed league. So, it's like he's borderline only uh, – AL only – uh, only, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, I think he's, but he's something he's worth monocling. I think he's someone who you could like keep an eye on and be like, okay, yeah, let's see. Let's see what he's able to do. If he has everyday playing time, um, which I, he does right now. Uh, and that's because of, uh, <laughs> uh, what's I think Michael Brantley. Oh no, Michael Brantley is actually healthy. Yeah, Jake Myers is is uh, got everyday playing time right now in center field. So yeah, I mean that's something. Uh, you know, like that's worth watching because he's you know potentially he's potentially you know in a fifteen team mixed league he can he can get on that radar as fast as like you know Isaac Paredes did. Uh, earlier, like last yeah. week, you know, <laughs> like Paredes was nothing like 10 days ago and he got on like mixed league radars real fast. So I would watch Jake Myers, see what happens. But yeah, probably just a, a work, just a, like a watch and wait at this point. 
Yeah, I think that's right. I think you were AL only. He's already probably been scooped up because if they're starting in AL only, they're they're added to a roster. Um, but yeah, I think he's worth monitoring in in pretty much every other league. He does have a little bit of power, speed, and and power always plays up in in Houston as a righty. So that that's you know working in his favor definitely. And I think the speed, you know, he could steal five, six, seven bases the rest of the way if they if they let him run at the bottom of that lineup. Uh, that's probably the biggest concern is that he's not moving up anytime soon because if anybody gets injured, they just kind of slide everybody up because everybody's the same hitter. Yeah, agreed. All right, great. Let's talk about some bullpen here before we uh, close down the show uh, with some waivers. Uh, there's a Roldis Chapman coming back this week. I mean, Clay Holmes has been phenomenal, but do you think he goes back to high leverage with the occasional save? Um, and and Aroldis gets immediately put back in. Are we looking at like a lead time for Aroldis? Is it a potential righty-lefty split? What, what are you thinking here? Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, Chapman's definitely a bit the closer, unfortunately, because I do have Clay Holmes in a bunch of leagues. Uh, I think I think Clay Holmes will be worth rostering, though, yeah. everywhere as long as you know he continues doing what he's doing even if he isn't getting saves i think he's he he might actually end up you know like if he moves to the 8th inning he could end up getting like 8 to 10 wins i mean he's going to be he's going to be a top 100 overall guy on the player radar even if he's not getting saves he's going to be totally worth rostering unfortunately you know i think with Araldus Chapman if he's healthy He's going to be the closer because, I mean, you know, think about, like, can you imagine Aroldis Chapman not pitching in the ninth inning and pitching with the Yankees? I, I can't imagine him pitching in the eighth <laughs> inning. I don't I don't know. Maybe, maybe my imagination isn't as good as I thought it was, but I, I can't imagine it. So, yeah, I think Clay Holmes takes a little bit of a hit as far as saves go, but he's still going to be valuable. So, for now, I would hold – I would hold both of them for sure. I mean, Araldis obviously, and Clay Holmes I would continue to hold even if he's not getting saves. Yeah, I mean, Holmes was the number one relief pitcher on the play radar even before Chapman's injury, so he definitely has value even without um, Chapman. And then they're they're definitely going to still give him save opportunities. It's not like he's going to be completely erased from the saves picture. Um, There's really no reason sometimes to pull him the way that he looks. I mean, he, he... you know, like eight, nine pitches innings and, and just gets out of there. So, yeah, absolutely. How about the uh, A's? We have the injury to Danny Jimenez. Um, and then any other situations you're monitoring, Gray? Um, yeah, no, I think with the A's, uh, I don't know, Trevino. I mean, Trevino always made the most sense to me because, like, you want to build up his trade value. So you give him some saves and maybe you could trade him or something in July. I don't know. I, I, he's useless, though. In general, I wouldn't. I wouldn't roster uh, an A's closer at, at this point. I mean, Danny Jimenez was pretty good, and it probably burnt me because I was off of him because it was just the A's, and I was like uninterested because of that. So I was like, I was, I was probably like, you know, too harsh on Danny Jimenez when he was healthy, but. You know, now that he's not healthy, I'm I'm not interested in any A's closers. Even if AJ Puck, I think is probably the best guy there. But even if he gets like, even if he gets the job for the rest of the year, he's what a seven save guy like the rest of the way. Who cares? It's awful. Forget <laughs> it. It's honestly, forget it. 
Sir Anthony Dominguez, uh, Sir Anthony, the uh, the Hannibal uh, cannibalizing the saves in Philly. I I think he could he could potentially be a great pickup. So you know, don't take my awful uh, Silence of the Lambs puns for uh, making light of him. I think he could be really good. I would I would grab him in every league. Sir Anthony Dominguez, I think, is probably the top like pickup. Uh, for closers right now um, in Cincinnati, yeah, Hunter Strickland I think got a couple saves. Maybe I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with him either. I honestly, <laughs> I, life's too short. I unless it's like an NL only league, I, I probably wouldn't mess with him. All right, fair enough. Yeah, the Cincinnati bullpen has been a bit of a mess this year, but he has gotten, I believe, their last two saves out of the last like week. So. Uh, it seems like maybe they're they're saying he's he's closing. Um, you know, they've they went ahead and gave the manager speak of like he's a guy who likes closing games and maybe maybe he's just better in the ninth and blah blah blah. I assume that's all just manager speak so they can trade him. But Hunter Strickland's a good guy to potentially trade if he can kind of stick in that role. I'm with you, Sir Anthony Dominguez is the guy that you want this week if you're looking at potential closers. If he wasn't taken last week, uh, we would all like to see AJ Puck or get the role because he's been great. Uh, he is a lefty, so that may work against him. He's also under team control, so that works against him with the A's. So yeah, Zach Jackson or Lou Trevino, unfortunately. Anybody on the waivers, Gray? Uh, yeah, there's some guys. I mean, we, we've talked about a couple before. Uh, Nick Senzel's actually been hot. Uh, he should, I mean, right now he's hitting in the bottom of the lineup, which kind of stinks, but if he can move up, that would be good. Um, hopefully he doesn't switch spots with Jonathan India. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see who else has been hot. Um, yeah, Rafael Ortega's hit a little bit recently. He's been decent. He's been hot. I think, um, Captain Bly Madras of the Pirates. He was uh, he was hitting a little bit after his call up, so you know maybe there's something there. I I think also um, Miguel Rojas has been somewhat hot. Uh, something to look at. Alfonso Rivius uh, on the Cubs. Um, Taylor Trammell. Yeah, I mean there's been a few guys. I think uh, you know on the pitcher side. Uh, Chris Archer had a good start, but that was a good matchup. I wouldn't really mess with him. Dylan Bundy, you know, I mentioned him earlier in the show about how he had a good matchup last week. And I, I streamed Dylan Bundy for his good matchups because the streaming area was all about it. Now he's going to, I believe, Cleveland, and the streaming area doesn't like it. And I think I'm still starring them. <laughs> so, sorry, uh, Streaminator. But I, I think uh, hopefully Dylan Bundy has made a turn for the the better, uh, and he's actually good versus a good matchup. And I, I don't even I don't even buy this as I'm saying it. So <laughs> I wouldn't put too much weight on this. <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't had one of those since like week three. But yes, I, I think you can potentially start him this week. We'll check back next week to see if if Gray or Rudy was right on Dylan Bundy's start in this week. Um, I, I did want to mention former overall number one pick, Mark Appel is going to make his debut as a relief pitcher. So that's just something that I wanted to kind of throw out there because it's, 
it's a guy that like we all thought was going to be good, and uh, the entire baseball world thought he was going to be good, and he's making his debut at 30 after he semi-retired like uh, last year. So that's that's yeah. good to see that he's he's coming back. He's, he's actually he's being played by Kevin Costner. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. That would be a that would be an interesting movie. I'd watch that. <laughs> All right, great. Anything else to say before we get out of here? Uh, late. 